fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies. Welcome to F Triple G BT. Now, this is the show that takes your favorite fictional science and technology, and we make it a reality. Who is this we? Well, this we contains me, and we are called the Brain Trust. I am the analytical mastermind, Daniel J. Glenn, with me. The physics phenom, Dr. Michael Denon. Great to be here, Dan, though. Unfortunately, it just doesn't happen often. Uh, the show is going to be amazing. That is our show. I don't know if I had quite the excitement for this movie as I often do for the ones we pick, but that may just be me getting old. Well, I wonder why. I thought this was a great movie. I feel very excited about it, although I'm not excited to go to that beach. But we're going to get to that in a second. First, we have to introduce our enigmatic engineer, Ben Siebser. Ben. I can only imagine where you're recording from this week. Dan, I'm off the coast of the, a tropical island at that beautiful aforementioned beach. And there's these fabulous rocks here that seem to be putting off a very strange magnetic field that has a very powerful effect on the living things here. Well, we're going to have to look into that because we took a look at the movie Old. And, you know, this is a movie that's about aging very rapidly on an island, uh, there seems to be some kind of science here that's making cells advance at an incredible rate. Uh, but first, I want to start this off with a question, guys, a question that I think uh, is difficult to answer, but one we have to get to right away. Now, that is, if you guys lived out your entire life in a single day, what would that be like? What would you do? What would you think? How would that affect your decisions? I'm curious, Dennis. I'm going to go with you first. Uh, what would you do, uh, not the rest of your life, but a whole life, from birth to death? you got 24 hours. What are you doing? That's a really challenging question, as you mentioned. I, you know, Because my problem is one of my favorite activities is reading books, and my second favorite activity is golf, both of which are incredibly long activities. Uh, so if my day, you know, if my life gets compressed into a day, you know, I feel like I could get like one hole of golf done and maybe one short story read in my entire life, um, which would be very disappointing. Um, my, you know, one of my other favorite things to do, of course, is eat. Uh, that might be, a, you know, an advantage, right? Because now you just you have one day. You're not really worried about weight control. You know you're going to die anyway. And I don't know how that will come into things. But I, I think I'm stuck with just eating a lot of chocolate chip cookies and hoping for the best. That's really where I'm going to go. Well, I've got a quick question there because if you want to play golf, right? If you're, how do you learn how to play golf that quickly? Golf is one of those those skills that takes forever to learn. Um, you know, you got what maybe 10, 20 minutes before uh, you've got to really get into the game. How do you learn it that quickly? Well, that's the beauty of the game, Dan. I've never really actually learned it. I just play it. So my game wouldn't be any real worse in this twenty four hour scenario, and I wouldn't suffer for nearly as long. So by play, you mean you just whack a ball around like a kind of like a small croquet or uh, yeah, yeah. So like yeah, that. the croquet version of golf. I'd make a really <laughs> big hole to aim at. <laughs> sure. All right. Fair enough. Uh, that seems like a sticky wicket. Uh, what about you, Ben? What are you doing for this time? Well, first, then I, I gotta say, you know, if, if you only have one day, you really don't have to worry about filling in your divots. So. <laughs> You know, Fair enough. that's an advantage there. You know, the greenskeeper is not going to be able to come after you. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. You know, I, I'm a a lot of the time I spend is gaming, which is, you know, a similar problem with the golf. How do you learn a video game in 24 hours? How do you uh, 
how do you do anything if you only have 24 hours to learn? There's very few things in this world that you can really figure out how to do well in 24 hours. So I think I'm on board with Denon here. You know, you really just got to go decadent, you know, eat the most fabulous meals, you know, go to some crazy restaurants, get some crazy food, do the molecular gastronomy thing. Because I really think that's all you can really do in a day where you're starting from nothing. And just like the golf divots, by going to those crazy restaurants, you don't have to worry about the bill. Because so what if they throw you in jail? It will not be that long. <laughs> I think everyone listening, if you're going to have 24 hours left, um, uh, what did you say? Gastromicrology? I think everyone's got to get one of those. Molecular gastronomy. I mean, yeah, that's, that's number one on everyone's list for sure. Um, you know, I went a little differently with this because if you look at the shortest lifespan of any adult critter on the planet, I'm sure you guys know this already. You've probably heard about it. It's called the mayfly. Uh, it's famously short, short-lived. Uh, the, the adult, as soon as they spring into adult, adult action, uh, they have 24 hours. And it is very adult. And I mean that in the blue sense because their job from that point forward is just to find a mate. I mean, it is a 24-hour orgy. Now, you know, I don't normally go blue on this show, but I think if you're going to go out and you only got 24 hours, I think you could do worse than an orgy. Uh, and these things definitely get down. But that's it. That's all they do. That is their sole purpose. I do like what you went with, Denon, because, you know, leisure, I think, is very important Eating is very important. Gastromicrology is very important, Ben. Um, but what, what do you think about this? You know, when, when you think about an animal that has that doesn't have the complexity that we have in life, uh, do you think that that changes, you know, a little bit about what I'm saying, or, or or is this, you know, kind of the same thing? The complexity really does matter, Dan, and I think we're going to talk about that some more, right? Because there is the social evolution we have. There is our experiences. We are not just a biological clock, though you often hear about our biological clocks ticking. We are social creatures. And I think, you know, obviously many, many, many other animals are this way as well. And social interactions take time. It takes time to build trust. It takes time to figure out how to communicate and interact with people. And so the lifespan that we have um, also, I think, plays a key role into what we have accomplished as a species, not just the innate brain power and, and complexity of our life. Now, I mentioned brain power, so obviously we think of, of Ben when we think of brain power. Um, and, and also we know that it requires time to have evil designs. So I'm really curious, you know, how, how the evil scientist element plays into, you know, whether you have 24 hours or not. You did not mention what happens to your evil scientist plans, um, Ben, with this lack of time. Well, I think I think you just got to put them to the side. I think when when you're only around for a day, you you don't you just don't have time for that, and you got to go for the leisure and enjoy yourself mode because that's all you have time for. You know, run up that credit card bill. Don't dine in dash because then you might get arrested. <laughs> that's just wasting time. You know, get that credit card, rack it up, and don't worry about tomorrow. Right. <laughs> I think that's exactly right. Well, that's an interesting question because, you know, we did a whole panel on time loops, which is almost infinite time. And that's in the expansion of time. And this is really the compression of time. You got to fit a lot in in a short period of time. You don't want to uh, say time too many times in a sentence like I've just done because that's a waste of time. Uh, but I think it's important to note that the key to this movie and the key to what we're talking about here, uh, not with the mayfly because their typical life cycle is 24 hours, right? But this is, a, this is we're talking about human beings which have a much longer life cycle. But you, on this beach, in this movie, there's accelerated aging. I believe that there's, 
if I'm getting the math right, it's 30 minutes of chronological time equals one year of their biological time. Uh, This is kind of incredible. And one of the most interesting things here is that they've got kids who are, I think they're six and nine or something or whatever. But while they're on the beach, they go through puberty in a matter of hours. You know, uh, one girl gets pregnant and she has a baby in a matter of minutes. Uh, This is so weird because when it comes to biological aging, puberty is a very special time in a person's life because they're going from child to adult. And there's so many biological, mental, physiological, uh, neurological changes that happen. You become a very different person. To me, this was the most interesting element of this. What did you think, Denon? You know, it, this is where both, okay, from a science point of view, I'm with you, Dan. Very interesting moment. But this was one of the weird things about the film. If I may briefly comment on the film, it did not, I, I had a hard time caring about that transition because it happened so quickly, right? Okay. And, I mean, right. right, like that was the weird psychology for me as the viewer, right? Sure. Like I was not really invested in these kids. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, it's over. Right. It was it was hard from my side, which makes it kind of interesting. It's almost like if I turn it around and make it positive, we had that speeded up experience. And and kind of I wonder if this detachment comes because the 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 the, the kids in it go from like, oh, you know, the girl's just like, Well, I just put on weight. And the guy's like, you know, the kid who had no lessons yet about, you know, how things work was like, Well, don't you need to have sex at least ten times to have a kid? Like that was a right. magic number, right? Like this right. was the six year old idea of this. I don't know where he got sure. ten from, right? You know. Um, <laughs> right, so it right. was fascinating. So they're totally detached. And then suddenly they're like, Oh, wait, our kid died, right? They're all emotionally invested in it very quickly. And, right. and I wonder if that's a little bit also just we know hormones control emotions, right? If suddenly the hormones of puberty caught up to the non-hormones of being six and they had this emotion rush. So this this compressed time of that was just very surreal to me and, and both watching it, trying to understand it and the impacts on humans. It really – I think you're right, Dan, from a science and kind of drove home some of the most interesting points that in, in that space of time. Sure, um, sure. Ben, did I? I don't know. Were you reacting to this in any strong way? Yeah. Well, what was interesting to me, especially with the childbirth thing, is you know, if you think about, you know, well, first of all, you know, you got to worry about the what if you're genetically predisposed to you know 24 hour labor. Uh, how does that work <laughs> if you're uh, on this island? Does does right. the labor get sped up too? Because labor isn't really about. Uh, you know, cell division and things about biological aging. That's like your body physically reacting and rearranging itself to get the baby out. So I do wonder, you know, can, you know, how do you give birth? And, you know, if it takes you even 10 minutes to give birth, that's like a three-month-old situation here. You know, that's, 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 that baby is four months old now on its way out. Like, that, oh, wow. So it's you know, growing as it's entering, as it's exiting it's the as body. It's yeah. exiting if you think about it. So, like, how does that Jeez, even work? I didn't think about that. Like, <laughs> you know, I didn't there's think a, about there's that, a ben. big logistical <laughs> issue there about uh, what happens if the baby grows too fast on its way out. Of course, yeah. it doesn't. It dies right away because it's not being fed on the way out. And so it can't grow because it's not getting any uh, nutrition in. And so clearly, that's the problem. You, you, you couldn't even. There's no possible way to have um, re- reproduction work on in this location, 
which I think is a big problem in terms of the biology. And it shows why there's nothing alive there. Like nothing could survive reproduction in this area. You know, you mentioned the mayflies earlier, Dan. You know, if you compress that 24 hours by the time factor of 17,000 uh, mm -hmm. speed up on this island, the mayflies only live for 4.93 seconds. Like how <laughs> could you possibly find a mate, mate and lay eggs in that time? It's impossible. So right. It makes, you know, this is just a total dead zone. And it's a, it's, a, it's shocking like anything happens in this place. <laughs> well, I thought I was going to be the one to go to the dark place first. And Ben hit about three of the darkest places you could possibly imagine. Uh, this, that's perfect. Because one other thing I'm just going to add on top of that, that I didn't mention about the mayflies, is that they may live for 24 hours. But when the females, when they are, when they lay their eggs, it's five minutes and then they're out of there. Like, like five minutes and then the female goes off and dies. So that's even less. That's got to be less than a second alive, right? I don't know what five minutes would be. I'm sure, Ben, you can do the math in your head. Uh, but I'm not going to make you do it in your head. Uh, but that, so that's it's crazy. I mean, everything's so sped up. And I think that's the key here is it's cell division. Uh, it's, it's cell advancement. Uh, it, it's all of this is happening at an incredible rate. We even see, you know, a tumor that grows at an exponential rate. Uh, so this is, you know, this is stuff that that's pretty scary. But I got to wonder, you know, how does the science of this work? How can we make cells grow faster? You know, there's a little bit of discussion in this particular movie about magnetism, about combining with the rocks and some kind of very unique situation going on uh, on this beach in particular. And I'm wondering, is there a way from a physics standpoint to be able to mimic this or imitate it in real life? Well, Dan, from my perspective, that's the, one of the cool science challenges of this movie. I really feel, except for a few minor twists, you have to think of this as a time bubble and everything sped up, not just the biology, um, relative to background time. Um, trying to think of this through just biology becomes harder than the usual thing we try to explain on this show. Um, first of all, the magnetism thing is right out. Like uh, People like to throw magnetism around, but I cannot, despite my best efforts, come with a way to connect magnetism to making cells go faster. Um, maybe you, yeah, I, no, I try. Like, see, okay, it just right. stops, <laughs> right? You know, and, and you know how often I don't like give up. Um, Ever. I, I've never. seen you. I have seen you BS your way through a science situation uh, that would impress the best of us because you are the best of us. So this is shocking to me. It is shocking. But but I love a time loop aspect of it. And it only has one minor flaw that will come up to later. But because it's a dead zone, as Ben pointed out, you don't have anything else there that would experience time except these people. So I understand why they think it's just their biology speeding up. But I actually think it's time is super fast in this area. And that's kind of, I think, the easier thing to explain and the direction you want to go. But I feel like you two might actually be bought into the biology thing. So I'm curious to see some other views on this. Yeah, it's a challenge because you think about what is biological aging and it's generally our cell divisions failing. Like cells can only divide so many times. There's this thing called a telomere, which is at the ends of our DNA strands and you basically lose one when cells divide and eventually you run out and your cell division fails. And so in theory, what would be happening on this island if it was just a biological thing, which to some degree may be what's happening because we don't see the waves going a lot faster. We don't see, you know, physics itself isn't being sped up. 
You know, we, yeah. we don't see. It's not like people. the end of a Benny Hill, a Benny Hill routine, right? Exactly. It's not like everyone's it's zipping around the, the screen, right? Everyone's yeah. zipping around. Exactly, yeah. Dan, Dan. So you have you have this uh, this question of if it, if it's just biological aging, then that implies that cell division must be exponentially faster, seventeen thousand times faster than normal. And you then have to ask, like, one, where's the energy for that coming from? You know, they don't the children and the especially the one who's pregnant seems to need to eat a lot. But even the regular humans who are already adults, the regular humans, the regular adults <laughs> should have to eat a lot, too, because, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, there's all this cell division going on. There's all this aging. There's all this energy expenditure that should be going on to make a tumor that big. You would have to consume. You'd have to consume something to to prov- to fuel that. So. I have problems with the idea that it's just cell division. It's just sped up biology because there aren't the inputs there for it. We don't we don't see any of what you would normally expect for aging or uh, biological growth to happen there. I mean, I guess that that kind of makes sense. But, you know, there is there is a, a real rare human condition called progeria, which is a genetic condition in children where they do age very quickly. Uh, and in a weird twist of fate, they die of a stroke or heart attack by 13 or 14. I mean, that really is the biology speeding up. And you mentioned telomeres. This is kind of an interesting thing to me because, you know, as you mentioned, they're the things that are at the end of the DNA strand that um, they're kind of like protect uh, or the chromosomes, I should say. Is that right? The chromosomes, right? Is that what they're on the tip of? I'm yeah, sure you're explaining it to you and I'm asking you guys to clarify what I'm explaining. <laughs> uh, but, they, you know, they get shorter. They're kind of like a little, you know, like a plastic tip on the end of a shoelace. I've heard them described and they get shorter and they, you know. But this is kind of an interesting thing to me because with the incredible amount of cell division, you are going to see a rapid reduction in telomeres. And that is going to absolutely affect the biological age. Uh, So I think that there is something to the biological age. But as you mentioned, the time loop, what you're kind of getting to, Denon, is the chronological age of people. And this is also very interesting because the one thing I want to mention is that while they are getting biologically older, and technically, time loop or not, they are getting chronologically older, but at a much slower rate, As you know, as a human being, we get life experiences. Our brain changes with brain chemicals. We are not the same. I am not the same person I was when I was an infant. Although some people would say that I have the same mentality as an infant. I don't think that I do. I think I have grown. I have matured. And it's life experiences that have shaped me. In 24 hours, you're not going to have those life experiences. You're not going to be that different. Yet they are older. Their brain is more mature because that's just what happens as we advance. Uh, so I think that this is a crucial component of this, and it is something you kind of alluded to, Denon. So what do you think about this as far as it kind of wraps up into the whole thing? Well, I think it, it goes to a couple of things. Their local experience of time is self-consistent, right? They're, they're experiencing time because they're used to measuring it by the sun, and the sun is outside their time loop. So when we think about it, if we think about it as a time pocket, uh, there is a little bit of a challenge of, okay, shouldn't the waves be going faster and then be aging faster? But the, the motion, the physics is all happening at the same sped up rate. So it all looks the same. What's happening is the reason they feel they're aging rapidly is they're comparing that to the sun, which is outside the time pocket. So our experience of time is that chronological age. And it, there's actually three things then going on, Dan. There's your experiences that you gain that mature you that they're not having. 
right? Mm-hmm. Because they're right. on the island consistently together for this 24-hour span. They are having some compressed experiences. Like the kids do experience birth. They experience death, people dying around them that they're having to process, but they're processing it in a very short time. There is the experience of global versus local time. They see the sun is moving, so they believe it's 24 hours because that's how we measure time in our experience, where locally they're all sped up. And then there's the biological time, how old their body is. I mean, our cells are basically a clock. And this is one of the cool things about relativity. Like, relativity works because everything is a clock, and there really is time slowing down when you travel. There really is time dilation. People think it's usually just a trick or a frame of reference, but things are clocks and things go slower and faster. So this interaction of these three things is I think exactly right, Dan. And and they're not getting those experiences that lead to a certain amount of maturity. And the kids really struggle with that. Um, And they they grow some because it's hard not to grow with birth and death, but they don't grow as much as you might with a real life, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, I, and I think the, you know, where the, the girl gets pregnant is a perfect example of kids who are not able, they don't have the experience, the knowledge to understand what's going on in their bodies, which can be difficult to control. Even if you do understand what's going on, uh, it, it can still be kind of crazy. What do you think about all this, Ben? Well, I think there's a great example of that is when the girl, uh, the younger girl who, who got pregnant and then she tries to escape too. And you know, every everyone they've seen try to escape uh, has a horrible accident because of this time situation. You know, as they exit the area, you like kind of pass out and and fall or whatever. And she's trying to do the same thing, and she won't listen to reason. But she's has that immaturity of no, I gotta do this. Where, uh, you know, thinking logically, she knows it would be it's very foolish to climb the rocks to try to get off this island when you know that exiting this time zone seems to cause problems. But the other thing I, that I really thought about here is uh, is a perception situation. Do the children, when they're talking as adults, do they just seem older because their words are coming from adults? Or are they actually talking more mature? You know, there, there's a perception issue as of us as viewers that I'm kind of curious about your opinion and everyone's opinion on this is do the do we see the the children's dialogue is the children's dialogue actually more mature than a child's dialogue or do we just think it's more mature because it's being delivered by an adult i you know i really i didn't find them necessarily that much more mature per se and i thought that was either i okay i won't insult people and say it was bad acting um <laughs> but you know it it really was interesting that even when you know, in the end, some of the dialogue you see that I won't reveal because it's a spoiler, I felt was very childlike um, and, and reflected the, their experiences. And, you know, but you, I, I want to go back briefly, um, Ben, to your lesson of, of climbing and then falling, um, because she also had the two examples of the swimmers by that point. Right. Yes. There was the woman they find dead at the beginning who is dead because she tried to swim out and blacked out and drowned. And there was, you know, the guy they watch try and swim out and black out and drown. And so those two examples are even more evidence that escaping leads to blacking out and death by some interesting way. It's weird that walking through the canyon is your safest thing because all that happens is black out and you're teleported to the beach or something magical. You stumble um, <laughs> back. There's nothing magical. You stumble oh, you're backwards stumble, and you, and you, you really fall. think you're yeah, stumbling yeah. back? Dan, That's what I they mean, said. That was, 
They said, I watched you stumble out of the cave and fall down and black out. Oh, so you're you're a much more careful viewer than me. I thought they were teleported <laughs> backwards. I'm the master of film and television then, unless ye forget. <laughs> yes, I, I, I should not forget that. Yeah. But but so there are these life lessons that the kids aren't processing as fast as you would if you experienced them over time. So I'm completely with you on that one, Ben. I mean, you know, I have to kind of disagree with you. I think in some weird way, they do actually seem more mature. You know, especially when we see the the kid who's a six-year-old, I think he ends up being like a 50-year-old man by the time uh, the movie comes to a close. He does seem more mature. He seems smarter. Uh, he seems uh, a little more put together. And I think some of that, you know, to the acting part of that, it's difficult to be a 50-year-old man and act like a six-year-old kid. You're 40, what, four years away, if I did that math correctly. You're 44 years away from those experiences. So I think it's difficult to get into that mindset, number one. But number two, I think your brain just matures from a physical and physiological standpoint that I think you sometimes can't help but get more mature, uh, although that's not true for everyone. Um, as, you know, I happen to be a case in point, but you guys did talk about one other thing. You stumbled across something else, no pun intended here, that I think we have to get to, and that is how hard it is to escape this beach. I think that this this is worth some conversation because, you know, as I mentioned what happens, people, they're trying to, there's this little canyon, how they get to this beach, uh, so they walk in, no problem, they end up on the beach, advanced aging starts. As they go back into the cave and try to get out, they black out, they stumble, they don't seem to remember, and they fall on the beach, uh, no instant teleportation, uh, and then they wake up not really knowing what's going on. The explanation is, is that because their bodies and their cells are advancing at this incredible rate, that they can't get acclimated to the exit as much as they could for the entrance. Uh, the same must be true in the ocean, as you guys mentioned, with the two swimmers and the woman who tries to climb up. All this must be, it, 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 it lends some credence to that bubble of time thing you're talking about, Denon. Uh, but I want to kind of talk about the explanations for this. Do you think it's possible? How How is this effect kind of achieved? Uh, you know, Denon, let's go with the physics first. How do you think this kind of can work uh, from that aspect? Well, this is where a time bubble gives you the easiest explanation of this because we talk a lot on this show about warping space and time and general relativity. And that's really what I'm thinking of here is essentially a, a time wormhole type situation where things are warped. So you have high gradients at which the rate of time changes. And you could imagine in that structure as you twist time and bend it to make it go faster and slower in places that you have both an entry point and an exit point where there is an asymmetry, that it's easier to come in the tunnel and not have blackout experiences and so on. But because of the way space and time are warped, trying to leave the bubble has only one exit point, which indeed we discover there is one singular exit point. Mm -hmm. So that to me is why the time warping, the time bubble makes the most sense. Because again, the biological explanation almost works by analogy, this kind of going from a deep sort of place to a higher place. The funny thing about that is, you know, that I'm like, yeah, do it. Try and leave slowly, right? Because if, if it really is purely biological, that is the way to leave. And like a classic horror movie, the only good idea they have is the one they choose never to execute. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. never. No yeah. one attempts to walk slowly through the thing and acclimate like you would coming up from a deep dive. Sure. So I don't know if either of you are divers. I'm not. But that seems the way to go to test. Mm -hmm. Is this biology or a time warp? 
Um, and I'm an experimentalist at my heart. I wanted to see that experiment done. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Were you disappointed by the lack of experimentation there, Ben, and this giving up on a brilliant idea? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny that they go like, oh, if we walk out slowly, it'll take 20 years of the life of whoever does it. But it's like, well, but while you're waiting on the island, you're going to lose 20 years of your life anyways. Like, I don't right, understand right. <laughs> why they did not try this uh, right. at all. Why they're like, oh, let's try to swim around because that'll be better somehow. Like, you, you still have that gradient out in the ocean. Like, I don't understand why they think this... Either way, you're losing 20 hours or 20 years. Like, there, there's no way around it. Uh, so... I don't understand why they didn't try to just walk slowly through the canyon. It, that, I think, is one of the biggest holes in the logic of this movie. Uh, you know, maybe some some non-supernatural force would uh, trick them back on somehow. But, I, I, yeah, that, that, was, that was a silly choice, I think, for them to not give that a, give that a chance. Well, I mean, you know, to their credit, they were only kind of guessing what it was, the time acclimation. That was all a guess. There are no scientists. There's no brain trust on the old beach, guys. So they didn't really necessarily know this. It could be a completely different explanation. Uh, and they're, you know, in the scientific method, you know, uh, also a tool of scientists like us. Uh, they may not have had that at their disposal. Although I do think one person was a doctor, so it blows a hole in that. So let's just blow by that part for a second. Uh, but I do think they, they, they did lose some level. It's, it's natural for a human to be curious. So you would think that at some point they would have tried to even slowly walk out. But I don't know from a time bubble perspective, would that have even worked if we were to even say that that's how this happened? So on the time bubble side, this is where the experiment comes in. It probably wouldn't have worked. You probably would have been kicked out if there really is an asymmetry here with an entry and an exit point. My point being is, if it is the biological point where your time is so sped up, it's like a decompression situation is why you're blacking out. If it's just your biology accelerated, I liked their logic. It should work. And at least you then learn, right, is this or is this not? Now, once you hear about the coral, of course, if he had just decoded his message earlier, um, then then you're, you, you know the answer. And this is where, you know, I put some of the pieces together, Dan, you know, the dead body continuing to decay so rapidly once it's out of the water um, is why I think there's a physical time thing going on. I know there's biology and decay. I know there's microorganisms, but it feels like everything is sped up on this island when you have these other things. Also, I don't know how long it was there. Maybe it was there long enough to rust in natural time. She kills the doctor with a rusted knife that was brought by previous people. I don't know how long they've been doing these experiments, but the rust on the knife is not biological. And there, there's a sense that might have been sped up. So there's some these little hints that it's a time bubble. And then you're right. Walking slowly would have been just wasting 20 years of your life and you wouldn't have made it out. Well, I mean, I think salt water is very corrosive. I mean, that's if I'm correct, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't think, corrode in a couple of days. Maybe not. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, Come not, on, ben, not like that. Get it, Ben. Get it. Get him. Get him, Ben. Not like that. But I mean, a knife left out on a beach for like a year or two would totally be like that. And I think it's reasonable to think that, uh, you know, people have been getting trapped on this beach for a while. And that part of it seems pretty reasonable to me that there'd be rusty utensils left from previous guests because, you know, everybody's bringing their picnic out there. Why wouldn't there be <laughs> rusty stuff um, left around? <laughs> yeah, but it's probably stainless steel, Ben. I don't know a lot about stainless steel, but that definitely takes longer to rust, doesn't it? It does, but... Stainless steel does not live up to uh, salt spray very well. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> it is not completely okay. stainless. I, it's stainless in name only. I will concede that it's not a conclusive point, but if that was a knife from the previous guests, then it was time yeah, sped up. Pre- previous guests for sure, but if if uh, the knife had been there for years, absolutely it would be rusty on a saltwater beach. Well, it's an interesting point because you know the 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 the, decom- the decomposition. I want to talk about that for a qu- just for one second because I did find that interesting. You have you know in the first stages of decomposition, you do have a biological component uh, that's eating you from the inside out, basically. Uh, now, once you know once it's kind of worked through all the meat and you're left with just bones, uh, that does take a long time. Uh, there there is UV light. You know, I'm not a hundred percent sure how how. You know, degradation occurs in bone, especially, I know it takes a very long time, especially in the ground. But there has to be, you know, if there is, even if there is, uh, you know, I know the, the bone is dead at this point, but there has to be some level of non-time warp, a non-time warpian element going on here when it comes to the, the, the decomposition of the bones. I just feel that way in my bones, but I could be wrong. Uh, ben, I'm going to ask you about that really quickly. Well, so... The bones are interesting because bo- bone de- decomposition generally is not uh, is more mechanically based, I think, than biologically based. I don't think there's a huge amount of microorganisms that eat our bones. The flesh, though, makes a lot more sense. I, I think in a previous episode we've alluded to how when you die, your your microfauna start eating you because you're no longer prov- providing them nutrients through your diet. And so, you know, if you think about uh, the average bacteria lifetime that generally have a lifetime on the, the order of minutes to hours, you know, they're going to have, you know, tens of generations in a single second. And so if you think about bacteria having to divide and reproduce, well, you know, it's not, it's asexual, it's just division reproduction, you know, that takes a lot of energy. And in that sense, it does make a lot of sense that your body decomposes really quickly because your bacteria is dividing at a rate of, you know, 14 generations a second here, that's going to consume your body very quickly. 14 generations a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is quick. And it is the challenge of distinguishing between the biological purely accelerated versus there being a time loop and time is faster for everyone because a lot of the net effects are the same. Um, one other reason, though, I would slightly argue for the time warping here is the woman is actually in the water for a very long time. We see when she swims out long before they join the beach. And it's only as she's brought in and floats into the beach that she suddenly rapidly decays. And so you can imagine in a time loop situation that there are various gradients. And so she was caught out in the ocean in a pocket where she wasn't aging as quickly because time wasn't going as quickly. Now, having just made that argument for a time loop, I could say, well, the biological effect was weaker out in the ocean um, and therefore she, she was not aging. But that would argue that if you pick the right route, you could swim out um, if the, there was weakness in the biological. So it gets very complicated here. Um, and I think that's just because they kept the body whole until they could be disgusting on the beach at the right moment. <laughs> well, I, I think that actually makes sense then. And if she, in order for, to her, for her to have passed out, she would have had to make it to the boundary of the time bubble, the biology bubble, whatever we want to call it. And it's certainly possible that she drowned at that moment. And then the current dragged her outside of the bubble for a while. And so she was floating around outside the time area and then, you know, the current changed, the tide came in, whatever. And then she conveniently plot wise 
drifts back into the bubble for, you know, the little kid to find the body. Oh, I love that. Ben, you should be writing movies like this. <laughs> well, I do like that. I think we've kind of invented a new term here. It's kind of like a, a biochronosphere of some kind. I think it's both, and just like it's space time, I think it's biochronological, uh, temporology. Uh, temporological sphere, I think is what we're going to call it. Because uh, I think it has both biological and time warping elements to it. Um, but, I, you know, I think, you know, unless, you know, unless we've got anything else here, I think we've kind of, I think we kind of nailed this one. Um, but this is our point for errors, additions, and omissions section. You know, this is things we want to talk about we didn't quite get to. Denon, is there anything about this topic or this movie that we didn't quite get to that you wanted to talk about? Well, I do want to have full disclosure that the flaw in my time warp and loop um, theory is the fact that the sunlight comes through in a very natural way and they can uh, see uh, a, a glint and, and a hint of a person up on the cliff. Um, because if you had a time warp bubble, um, the warping of time, like the warping of space, would probably affect the transmission of light in and out of the bubble, um, which really, like I said, um, from a physics point of view and everything else and ease of explanation, um, I'm going with the time warp bubble as the simplest because the biological effect only is the hardest to explain. And there's mixed evidence for both. But if I wanted to um, defeat my own theory, it's the sunlight that's the problem, Dan. That was my error and omission. Uh -huh. I left out the sunlight. Um, yeah. And I'm going to sleep on it and enter into one of our other time loops. So I have many iterations. And hopefully at a later episode, I will provide the error in addition that explains the biological cause. Well, you don't want to fall asleep on this or you're going to end up like Rip Van Winkle. If you take a nap on this beach, you want to stay awake for every, every second you can. Uh, what about you, Ben? Anything that we missed that you wanted to mention? Well, just one other thing. There are bacteria that cause rust and eat metal. So it is also possible that the that rust was being caused by that bacteria. But you would have to wonder how they're alive on this beach if they're not getting the constant supply of utensils to chow down on. So <laughs> perhaps uh, there's, you know, part of it is, you know, every time guests come out, they do bring their, uh, their silverware with their, uh, their picnics so that there's always... Uh, something to eat for these uh, metal-eating bacteria. <laughs> well, well, I, you know, I'm going to throw in my hat in the ring for goofy explanations. You know, those fans of Dungeons & Dragons know that there's a creature called a rust monster, uh, which I think touches pieces of metal and turns them into rust and it eats them or something like that. I got to look at their yep. biology. Is that right? Is that okay? That's exactly <laughs> right. They eat, they eat metal. <laughs> so I don't know that that's, I don't know if that's what's going on here. Um, but maybe, maybe it's part of it. Uh, so that's my addition. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to mention is that I love that the guys, uh, one of the first people who ends up on the Island, his rapper name is midsize sedan. <laughs> which is so, like that is like the weakest rap name I think I've ever heard, but also the funniest. Uh, it feels more like a parody rap uh, persona than the serious one. Uh, but that was my favorite part. Uh, so, you know, where if there's anything that we missed that you want to, to, to mention to us, you can find the show. You know, we're, we, the show's easy to get a hold of. We're on Twitter at FGGGBTPod. We're on Facebook at FGGGBT. But of course, you can get in touch with us individually. Denon, where can people find you? Well, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and that is, you just flip my name and I'm at Denon Michael. And you can find me at Facebook. You stick a prof in there, at Prof Denon Michael. Ben, where can people find you? You can find me on all the major social media networks at B Seepser. How do you spell that? You spell that B-S-I-E-P-S-E-R. 
And I can be found on Twitter at Daniel J. Glenn, on Instagram at the Daniel J. Glenn, and on Facebook at Analytical Mastermind. And I, of course, forgot to mention one other thing. You can get in touch with us via email. We are questions. Almost forgot it for a second there. Questions. My question is, what's our email address? Questions at fgbt.com. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast uh, platform, make sure you rate and review and check that you're subscribed. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like button, subscribe, and ring that bell so you never miss an episode. And finally, this show contains powerful scientific information that could possibly be misused by those hell-bent on world domination. You don't want to do that. Don't use this information for those purposes. How could you? Remember, we teach you. You want to be a superhero, not a supervillain. So until next time, thank you for listening. Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies is a Glencoe production and is produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and Paul Springers with music and sound design written and performed by Paul Springers. Now, of course, if you're listening to this episode and you've gotten this far, you're going to want to subscribe. Well, how do you do that? We're on all the major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. But if you're not already subscribed to those platforms, I made it easy for you. Go to our website, fgbt.com. You'll find links to those subscribe buttons and also links to our social media, both for the show and for our individual experts, the members of the Brain Trust. That's all right there fgbt.com and before you leave don't forget to check out our other episodes you can find the link at the top of the page for everything we've got and you'll notice that we've got both a youtube version and an audio only version depending on what you like we got it for you and if you do like those videos you can go ahead and subscribe to those as well we're on youtube.com backslash daniel j glenn and once again if you like this show you're gonna like everything that i do go to danieljglenn.com to find out more thank you for listening